The following podcast is produced or sponsored by a community member. The content, views, and opinions expressed to those of the participants and do not reflect those of BMC or the town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at access at belmontmedia.org. Hello again and welcome to another edition of the TOST Toddcast here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network, found online at belmontmedia.org slash podcasts and also at soundcloud.com by searching Belmont Media. You can listen to the Toddcast at your convenience by downloading the free SoundCloud app available on both iTunes and Google Play stores. I'm Todd Bloniars from the award-winning Time Out for Sports Talk TV show available on BMC Channels 9 and 29 and also on demand at belmontmedia.org and of course wouldn't be able to... Uh, do the uh, show as long as uh, we've been doing the television show without my main man, Howie McClellan. He's uh, here tonight uh, manning the uh, Studio B co-pilot seat. Howie, so the ham hello. Is, the ham is in the house. The ham is in the, <laughs> the house. The hammer is in the house for sure. Now, do you have to what? give, um, like, um, royalties to, like, uh, Apple because you're using the cloud reference right there and where you could listen to this? Uh, SoundCloud, I think, is its own separate company. It's not affiliated with Apple. Okay, just want to make sure I didn't want to end up getting arrested nope. on the way out of here. No, you know? SoundCloud.com is this, is a, you could it's a separate app that you can get for your phone, and then you can listen to all of these uh, wonderful all, shows. All, all these wonderful shows, exactly. Correct. Right, <laughs> from start to finish. <laughs> so we yeah. will uh, we will try to do uh, uh, tonight. It's just going to be you and I. How I kind of like. Time out for sports talk uh, because uh, unfortunately uh, we had Chris Price on to help us preview the uh, the game last week with the Patriots and Chargers uh, and he unfortunately with his schedule is not available this week and uh, tried my best to uh, well it's a short list of contacts I have for like Patriot beat writers so but, but, yeah but it's a very important <laughs> list it is hey I even tried someone you know very well uh, he wasn't available either yeah <laughs> just getting ready for the baseball season actually he's over covering the Celtics game tonight but he was uh, yeah I mean he's everywhere now that would be of course your nephew yeah. Chris yeah uh, matter of fact it was funny it was when they were doing the uh, interviews after the game remember I said oh look had a lot of FaceTime. I texted oh, him. Yeah. I said, looks like you're standing in the right spot. You're getting a lot of TV FaceTime today. Yeah, no, <laughs> when I texted him uh, yesterday, he said the same thing. He said, oh, yeah, Howie texted me about that already. Because <laughs> I said the same thing to him. I said, yeah, the, congrats on the FaceTime. But, uh, yeah, he's, I think, covering uh, the Celtics tonight, and then I think he's back on, I don't know. They've got him doing everything. It's, yeah, I, mean, I think they realize how talented he is, and, it, you know, they have a small staff, I think, over there at the Eagle Trip. Yeah, I was going to say, so. what do you do with a baseball writer after October or November? Yeah. Oh, they'll find plenty for <laughs> oh, him. Yeah, there's so there's sure. plenty of other teams in town as we know and of course the Patriots being one of them and yes wow I cannot believe this uh for the eighth straight year the Patriots are one of the final four teams standing uh I just and they're going to their eight yeah their their eighth AFC championship game in a row even Duke and Kentucky and uh UConn have never done anything like that maybe UCLA back in college I mean, but they're you know but other than that no one goes that many times yeah you want to hear this for a gaudy stat the Patriots are about to go to their eighth AFC championship game in a row. It's their 13th all-time for the franchise, but yeah. just eighth in a row. Three-quarters of the teams in the National Football League have not even been to eight conference championship games, period, for their franchise's history. <laughs> 24 of the 32 teams have not even played eight conference championship games. The Patriots are going to their eighth in a row and 13th overall. It's just uh, it, it's mind-boggling. It's amazing. I, I, and I know you've said it many, many times, and you're right. We're, we're, we're spoiled. We're going to miss this when it's gone. We don't, we don't realize what we're seeing 
And boy, is it going to hit us hard when it's gone because all of a sudden, when it does go, it's going to be back like when we were watching the Red Sox in the 60s and 70s. Well, some of us then. Um, you know, and the, the, some of the bad Bruins teams and the Celtics teams. Um, but like I said, my kids don't know what losing is in, in the sports world around Boston. No clue what it is. You know, but now... It's unbelievable. Suck it and enjoy it. Enjoy it while it Yeah, lasts. and I actually have to stand corrected. When I said 13th overall, it's really the 13th overall for Brady and Belichick. Oh. It's the 15th overall for the franchise. Remember, uh, 85 and 96, they went to the AFC title game uh, with uh, different coach and quarterbacks then. But uh, uh, And, in fact, if uh, they get to one more, uh, they will tie the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers for uh, most uh, conference championships all time. But uh, the 13th, think about this for a minute. Bra- Tom Brady has been a starting quarterback for 17 years. Uh, this I know it's his 18th season as a starter, but remember he missed the 08 season yeah. in essence. So so he's been a starter for 17 years. 13 times he's got into the conference championship game, the, the final four of football. <laughs> 13 out of 17 times he's been to this point of the season. What happened to the other four? Yeah, I know. I th- I, and I think a you, lot. You wonder what happened, right? Well, well, I, <laughs> I think well, a lot of those is when they don't have um, a first round bye. Yeah. A lot of times when they haven't had a first round bye, they haven't gone. Um, but yeah, it's I, there's just no words to describe it. You know, I mean, how can anyone go and they wonder why they consistently have teams like that in the salary cap era and and just. I don't know. I just can't explain. I mean, they just pick up all these pieces that they end up molding together and somehow putting something together that makes it that far. The only, you know, you got Belichick, you got Brady, and other than that, it's always a makeshift characters. Yeah. And, and here we are again. I mean, and even the way this season been going along, I don't know if we necessarily expected they'd be back to this point of the year no. again. I, I think the rest of the country, uh, all a lot of the other teams in the NFL certainly were hoping that this was the end of the, the Patriots dynasty. But there's still a little bit of life left in these guys. And, uh, you know, part of it, uh, a big reason for it is because of how they played on Sunday against the Chargers. I mean, wow. Uh, I think, Howie, you and I both obviously picked the Patriots last week. We both thought they could win. I don't think either of us, neither of us certainly uh, didn't expect them to to win the way they did, uh, going up 35-7 at the half and coasting to a uh, a 41-28 to win, which really wasn't even indicative of the way the game was played. It was really a blowout. Yeah, so it shouldn't have been that close. But that's, that's the most frustrating thing about this team. You never know which one's going to show up, that team or the team that blows a game in Miami. You know, it, it, you just can't tell. You know, is this team going to come out this week? Or is the other team going to come out? They're like a Jekyll and Hyde. You, you, you just can't figure out. And I think and that's what's most frustrating about them, especially down the stretch where that's usually where we dominate football. And we just weren't doing it. We weren't. But know? I think you but would. You, I, I was the first uh, one to have my hand yeah. up saying they ain't going to make it. Yeah. And, and yeah. I'll – the Chargers looked like the better team going into that game, and obviously, uh, you know, they weren't intimidated by going on the road, uh, given how they played on the road all year. Uh, but yet, uh, they just came up. But you kind of encapsulated the whole, uh, the, you know, the fact that the Patriots, uh, you know, we don't know what they are one week to the next. You, you brought up a great example of how well they played Sunday, and then you brought up an example of a bad game like in Miami. Well, there it is. There's the difference. When it's in Foxborough, I mean, the Patriots finished uh, their their home schedule 9-0 and this year. And, the, and, and that uh, difference is what cost us the – first round uh, the home field because we don't give up that stupid play in the hit in the Miami game that no one thought was ever going to happen we're hosting this weekend 
Yeah, exactly, because uh, we uh, the Patriots beat the Chiefs head-to-head already this year, and that should have been enough. That was the head-to-head tiebreaker if the teams finished tied. Problem is they didn't finish tied because the Patriots lost that game. And even the next week at Pittsburgh, again, a winnable game where the offense, you know, outside of one uh, broken coverage where Brady found Hogan for like 65 yards, the, the offense looked putrid in that game, and, and that's how they've looked most of the season on the road this year. Very strange, and uh, we'll certainly uh, look ahead to the uh, the Patriots' upcoming road game, which uh, is going to be a very difficult one in Kansas City, a, a kind of a new road venue for the Patriots in, in their playoff history. But uh, but first, let's just kind of talk a little bit more about this uh, win on Sunday, because like I said, Donovan, you and I did not see uh, this coming at all. I mean, the Patriots just from that opening drive, the, you know, first of all, winning the coin toss and electing to take the kickoff. They wanted to make a statement to the Chargers at the beginning of that game instead of deferring for the second half. So they get the ball first. And they have the ball for like seven and a half minutes, about half that first quarter. Yeah, time of possession was unbelievable. And yeah, and then they march right down the field, a great mix of run and pass. And uh, Sony Michelle in his first playoff game looked fantastic. You mean um, the, the guy missed a violin, said the jury was still out on? <laughs> That, that guy, that running You're back? You're referring to one of the Patriots beat writers who's not been a guest on the uh, Toddcast no. and probably never will be. No. <laughs> if uh, I have anything to say yeah, about the it. Jury's, <laughs> the jury's still out on Sony Michelle. What jury? The jury on whether he could have a shot at the rookie of the year the way he's played? What, what jury is he out on? Yeah, well, uh, you know, sir, right. I mean, the jury's still out. He had no career playoff games. How do you know how he's going to perform in the playoffs? He had a, you know, he had a good year, ran for nearly a thousand yards, uh, you know, but uh, he looked, he certainly looked really good Didn't on look Sunday. intimidated at all. No, running between the tackles, uh, even picking up some tough yards, which I know was one of the knocks he had during the season. Uh, a lot of times coming up, you know, when they would give him the ball in like third and one, he'd, he'd get stopped short. And in, in this game, it didn't seem, again, uh, it amazed me that, you know, two of the Charger names that I kept hearing continuously the week before in their win against the Ravens, uh, Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, they're, you know, they're two of their defensive linemen. And I don't think their names were called once as we were watching that broadcast. I don't remember hearing either of their names other than maybe before kickoff. But once the game started, I didn't hear either of them having an impact at all. You know, I, I got to say, I got to take my hat off to the New England Patriots line. The offensive line played fabulous, and, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I actually got to take my hat off to Rob Gronkowski. Maybe he's slowed down. Maybe he just is, is not all there, but you know what? He blocked his heart out in that game, and that was one of the big differences. He was going down. There were a couple of times when we saw we had to get one guy and he'd keep going to get a second guy. And you know what? If that's what we can get out of him for the rest of the season in the playoff run, I'm happy with it because you know what that shows? That shows he does want it. He does want to play, and he's doing whatever he can to help this team win. Yeah, I mean, he had just that one catch in the game, but you're right, Howie. I mean, he was a big part of the running game, and I think he'll continue to be a big part of the running game, which I think they're going to need, uh, you know, heading into the think, hostile environment think of Kansas City. six degrees are going to need a running game? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, six, six degrees of separation uh, for the uh, per, per, for the Patriots. That's uh, expected to be, I think, close to the uh, kickoff temperature uh, Sunday Not night. Not wind chill, temperature. Yeah, right. That's right, exactly. Uh, factor in a little bit of a breeze, and uh, it'll be below zero. But, yeah, no, I was impressed with the running game. And then Brady himself just uh, looked very sharp, uh, you know, even though – uh, you know, Br- very Brunkowski, quietly. right? Very, very quietly, very quietly. But uh, but he's continued. He built off the postseason he had last year. Of course, uh, we remember. You know, he set a record in Super Bowl Fifty Two for you know breaking over five hundred passing yards. Um, for, we kind of forget that now in a game that, of course, that they ended up losing. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
you know, he just looked so good in this game, even without Gronkowski as a target. I mean, he only, you know, Gronk only got the one catch in the third quarter after the Patriots already had really put the game away. But, you know, getting Edelman and getting uh, James White, I mean, the two of them combined for over. Yeah, Philip Dorsett yeah, with yeah, the touchdown nice, grab yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, but, but what, I, when I said quietly, I mean, I meant it was because the running game was so good, you didn't realize how many yards he was passing for, you know. But that was because the running game was setting it up, and then it hit the big pass. But did I read something the other day? Am I right that they had they were higher in running offense than they were in passing offense this year for the season? Yeah. I don't think so. You I mean, know, like although they ranked like fifth in in running offense and seventh in passing, mm. or something like that. I, I don't. Well, I wouldn't say that only because uh, it I, I doesn't sound right. No, but it, I thought it I read it. Uh, I don't know. Well, maybe it was like where maybe they're cherry picking a certain stat. I mean, Michelle didn't run for a thousand yards. He was their top rusher for the season, but I think as a team, I don't think you know. I think there were a lot of teams that ran for more yards than the Patriots this year, and probably more yards. Yeah, but per what I'm saying too. is they, they're saying the the Patriots were ranked higher in running offense than they were in passing offense. Probably like rushing yards per game. I don't even think uh, I don't even know if that was the case because you know in those losses they had this year they they couldn't run the ball at all. Yeah, you know, and, and there were some games that didn't run past the ball that much. No, you know, it's... Uh, it's something yeah. to look up. If anyone out there knows, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yes, shoot us an email. Yes, we'll, we'll check uh, up. Yeah. I'll have to look that one up. Well, I was looking up the offensive rankings of the uh, the four teams remaining here in the uh, playoffs. I mean, certainly the... The final four. Right, it is. Right, exactly. Well, this is also the first time that uh, the top four offenses in the NFL, based on points, are playing in the conference championship games. All four teams made it. That's a rarity. Last year, in fact... I believe four of the top five defensive teams in the league, based on points allowed, were in uh, the Super Bowl. And, of course, the Patriots were one of those teams as well. So just to show their versatility. But, you know, another stat which was kind of interesting from this game, which I didn't realize, uh, Michelle ran for 129 yards and three touchdowns. And uh, James White had uh, 15 catches for 97 yards. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, well, Julian Edelman, I meant specifically. He had nine catches for 151 yards. Do you realize, Howie, this is the first game, I guess, the first playoff game ever that the Patriots had a 100-yard rusher and a 100-yard receiver? Yeah, Think of all those playoff games that they played. This was their 54th career playoff game for the franchise, and certainly uh, Brady's been in a lot of those, and it's just... Uh, I mean, I'm sure, I, I'm I sure guess it was the lack of the hundred-yard rusher, not the lack right. of the hundred-yard receiver. Right. You know. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm just thinking, really, the only stud running back that Brady has had uh, through all these Super Bowl runs would have been Corey Dillon that one year in '04. Yeah. Uh, but that's you know, other than that, I mean, so I, I can't necessarily think. I'm trying to think off the top of my head of the other running backs he's had. Uh, you know, in a playoff game, it would probably be tough for them you know, to. Garrett uh, Blunt. Um, yeah, and like I him, s- Dylan. Who else? Who else have they had that is a, a consistent runner, other than fullbacks? Yeah, <laughs> no, right. That's it. I mean, it's just it's. Uh, yeah, I I found that stat to be rather astounding. But Brady's final numbers for the game: 30, uh, 34 for forty four, three hundred forty three yards. Uh, just one touchdown pass. He had a quarterback rating of one hundred and six point five. I was going to say, what was his passer rating? Yeah, one hundred six point five, and he's. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, uh, it was just an impressive game all around. Uh, it just as impressive as the offense looked, especially in that first half, was the defense. I mean, being able to just, you know, swallow up uh, Phillip Rivers. I mean, Rivers, in some ways, I don't want to say he's easy to defend because Rivers had a very good year. So he obviously wasn't, you know, defenses weren't that fooled by him or, you know, or they were fooled by him. Uh, but his... Uh, you know, they were able to run, the Patriots were able to effectively rush up the middle. And, uh, you know, the fact that Rivers pretty much stays in the pocket, 
uh, made their life a little bit easier, and they were able to get able to get quite a bit of pressure on them. Yeah, and I also gotta uh, also gotta say thank you, Uncle Albert. <laughs> right? Don't leave out special, the special teams, yes. right? We always say it's three phases, and Uncle Albert is doing an awesome job. You know? Well, I was reading up a little bit on on your Uncle Albert. That'd be Albert McClellan, of course, uh, which is almost, yes, very similar to your last name, Howie. Well, I told you, half of my family spells it like E-L-L-A-N, he does. and yeah. the other half spells it A-L-L-E-N. So yeah. even in our own, so it's very pot, possible. Right. Yes. Well, you know, uh, one of the things I found out, because I didn't really know where he had come from when they signed him midseason, he was cut by the Ravens. Yeah who statistically this year had the best defense of the NFL. Uh, I don't know if he was playing a lot of defense. He might have been playing more special teams. I still find it hard to believe the way he's— He's not really that old either. No, and the way he's been playing for the Patriots, I don't know how he—how the Ravens— I mean, the, I mean, maybe it just tells you how deep the Ravens' defense is, that they didn't have a place for him. Numbers uh, game. Yeah, and uh, it, what a great pickup for the Patriots, who early in the year were struggling on special teams, and he is certainly, uh, between the two punt blocks and then the fumble recovery uh, on Sunday against the Chargers— he, uh, yeah, wow. I mean, that's, uh, you know, and then, of course, you've already got, you know, Matthew Slater and Nate Ebner, who are kind of special teams demons, and then you throw him into the mix there, too. It's just, uh, yeah, they, they, I think they needed that shot in the in, in the special teams arm, so to speak. He's really helped uh, a lot there. And, and, in fact, when you look at the Chiefs and you've got someone like uh, Tyreek Hill who can uh, explode in the uh, return game, you know, I think it helps to have another uh, uh, guy back there who can either block or another recover. Uncle Albert. Yeah, another what? Another <laughs> Uncle Albert. Exactly. I, I got a funny feeling that uh, Hill's gonna take a few hits in that cold weather and uh, crumble. Yeah. You know? Well, that is going to be an interesting. Uh, yeah, that's going to be the interesting factor about this. I guess we'll. Uh, uh, well, before we officially look ahead to that game, uh, did you have uh, any other thoughts about this game or any of the other uh, divisional playoff games from uh, last weekend? Well, I mean, Kansas City looked really good. I mean, they, they were like a pinball machine. They were bouncing all over the place watching that game. Yeah. Um, watching them is scary, you know, and the fact that their home is even scary. Do we have, we have the experience to neutralize them? Um, we got the people to neutralize them. Now it's a matter of just doing it. Yeah. They watching them was is pretty crazy. <laughs> well, I know as I was watching the beginning of that game, at one point they flashed a stat up uh, during the the beginning part of that game that said uh, something along the lines: the Chiefs were the best team scoring on their first two offensive drives of any other team all year. And lo and behold, you know, against the Colts, they get the ball first two times, touchdown, touchdown, and. I think the game was over at that point. I mean, you know, the crowd was, you know, certainly into it. Uh, they have such a loud crowd at Arrowhead anyway. And then you get in the yeah, Colts, which is They were putting it a, up how many decibels? Yeah. I think it was at 140 point something at one point. 140.6 decibels. Sure. And then you factor in the fact, you know, that it had snowed earlier in the day and they had just, you know, they cleared off the field just before kickoff. But, you know, a Colts team that doesn't play outdoors very often, at least, and certainly doesn't play much when there's snow on the ground. Uh, and they looked like a fish out of water. And, you know, it was, you know, at that point at 14 nothing, it already felt like the game was over. And it, it, in essence, it was because the Colts really never mounted much of a comeback. I, I think they had a punt block they recovered for a touchdown. But other than yeah, that, I mean, yeah, that right, was that the was only the offense in the first. Yeah, yeah the first half. right. Otherwise, yeah. yeah, I mean, they, their offense didn't score a touchdown in the fourth quarter when the game was pretty much decided anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I agree with you, Howie. I mean, and that's the way 
the Chiefs have played at home all season. They went seven and well now eight and one at home this year. Uh, their only loss, I think, was to the Chargers. Uh, but uh, yeah, they they're very tough at home. And of course, if they're a team, especially at home, that's going to score the first two times they get the ball on offense, that gets the crowd pumped, which I think in turn takes their defense, which is probably only average at best. It's not really a great statistical defense, but I think once they hear that crowd noise and everything, I think these guys play a lot better than they are, and also they're able to play with a lead, which is we all know us, takes right. you out of your game plan because now you're down by two scores. You're down. The crowd's loud. You can't hear. You, you know, you're starting to commit false start penalties, and then yeah. You Exactly. I mean, and so the, the Chiefs just kind of pin their ears back and, and start taking off, and they can do different things defensively. And I think that's been a big part of their success and certainly going to be what they're going to want to do against the Patriots on, uh, this Sunday. What do you think the NFL marketing wants to see more? The two young bucks in the Super Bowl or the two old geezers in the Super Bowl? Because think about it. You, you can have Brady and Breeze, yeah. and you're talking an awful lot of years I can have 81 combined years yeah. old. <laughs> you had Goff and Mahomes, and this is both their second year, right? Or Not is... only that, but both Jared Goff and Pat Mahomes are younger than the Time Out for Sports Talk TV show, which turns 25 this month. There you go. So like I said Goff we, we, 24, Mahomes is 23. <laughs> which one do you think? Which one do you think they want? Uh, I don't From know. From a marketing standpoint. I don't know. I think the great part here is no matter what matchup they end up with out of these four teams, because even if it's one old quarterback yeah. and one young you quarterback, you've old, you've got, old, young and young, or old and young. Right. Well, I mean, if it's Patriots-Rams, I mean, you've got that Super Bowl rivalry rekindled. If it's uh, Saints and Chiefs, you have— uh, I was just, I was just about to say, what rivalry? But I said, I, oh, I forgot they took a, a stop in St. Louis for a little yes. bit. <laughs> well, and the interesting thing that I was kind of reading somewhere this week is that maybe if, if Brady was to play the Rams again, you know, maybe it's kind of coming full circle. That would be completing the, you know, the, the, the dynasty. It started by beating the Rams uh, when you were kind of the perceived underdog. And this year, of course, if you listen to Brady in that post-game interview on Sunday, uh, they apparently feel they're the underdog uh, now. Yeah, and, yeah. and they're going to be going yeah. into Kansas City. They are a three-point underdog, uh, according to the uh, to the betting line, which, exactly. uh, which makes, I mean, that's only fair. I mean, again, the Chiefs have just been so dominant at home this year. And, uh, you know, they deserve to, to at least get three points for being the home team, and that's all they've gotten. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you uh, quick, well, well, I was just going to say, it, it was great at the uh, story come out today, or maybe today, yesterday. But, you know, everyone wants to hate Brady. And James Harrison, who played for Steelers when he got picked up last year, came here saying that he wanted to hate him, and he, and he, and he couldn't. Because he, he was such a great teammate, mm. and you know, and he showed a lot of you know uh, leadership, and he even told him because you know, I really wanted to hate you, but I can't, you know. But that just tells you what you know his teammates think about him. Even someone who came in wanting to hate him couldn't. Yeah. True. You know, because of the way he does things. And in the case of Harrison, he had lots of years to hate him, too, because he had been on the other side of it for a long time and, uh, you know, watching uh, Brady beat his Steelers uh, several and, times. And supposedly getting screwed out of us, you know, yes, because of the Yeah, era. that too, exactly. Right. Yeah, something gate, which, by the way, the referee that was involved in that is yeah, the referee well, this week. Yes, Cleep uh, Blakeman is the uh, the ref, uh, was named. Uh, so you got to remember the... that cold weather makes the air go. It's, right. just, it's just like why, right? We have low tire pressure lights in our cars and every time it gets cold and really it goes cold. on because <laughs> the pressure drops so cleat 
Remember, the pressure will drop in the cold weather. It's just the way science works. Yes. Well, the interesting thing, too, is that Blakeman wasn't even – he was part of that officiating crew uh, in the 2015 AFC Championship game there uh, against the uh, Colts. But he wasn't the lead ref in that game. He was an assistant ref, and he was the one who actually – his job was to measure uh, the air pressure in the footballs. That was his assignment in that game. That's uh, all he had to do, and he didn't do it right? Yeah. No, really? Right. But, no, you said it, Howie. I mean, you know, uh, when it gets cold, I mean, and certainly, you know, playing in six-degree temperature, it could be even colder in this game than it was in that AFC Championship game uh, with the Colts. I was going to say, and, how many people out there listening have had that light come on in their car, low tire pressure, yeah. on a freezing cold day? Mm. Raise your hands, people, because you all know you did. So footballs do the same thing. And apparently out on social media, Patriots fans are not happy about the fact that Blakeman is officiating this game. Uh, Overall, Patriots are 3-5 and in games that Blakeman's been the the lead referee on, for whatever that's worth. Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City, uh, I don't have their all-time record, but the uh, the, the two times, well, uh, he refed the the shootout game, the Rams-Chiefs, that 54-51 game. Uh, the game was originally supposed to be played in Mexico. They had to play it in L.A. instead. Uh, but uh, So he refed that game. Uh, I was also reading something, I guess, uh, Blakeman's uh, record for uh, road teams are, I think, like 11-6 and six in, in games that Blakeman has uh, officiated. A lot I think of penalties, are, too, right? He does tend to call a lot of penalties. 21-22 a game. Yeah, right? I, and doesn't necessarily favor, I guess, slightly more for the road team, as you would expect. But it's not like a huge discrepancy either way. He tends to, you know, they're pretty evenly spread out between both teams. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, to have someone like that officiating a, a big game, I guess you want to have your best. And I guess he's considered one of their better officials out there. Yeah, but just because we don't like him doesn't mean he's yeah. not a good ref. I mean, yeah, just, no, no, I get right. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Yeah, they, obviously they do because that's why he's there. But we may pick and pick him apart. But here's the one interesting argument. I, I did see one Boston writer pose here. Uh, Walt Coleman, who was of course the ref from the the Tuck Rule game, uh, Patriots Raiders uh, back in '01. Uh, after that game. Walt Coleman, for the re- remainder of his career as a ref, which I guess was this this year he retired. And appropriately enough, uh, his final game was at Gillette Stadium in uh, yeah. Week 17. They gave him the game ball and everything. Yeah, it was game, awesome. Right. Uh, but, uh, Never did another Raiders game? Exactly. Well, that was a fear of his life. Well, no, but the league made a point not to assign him to any more Raiders games. So the question would be here with Blakeman. I mean... I think we're dealing with something different. We're dealing with Patriots, and we're dealing with... The Raiders. Yeah. I think they're not as worried about the Patriots seeking retribution as they would be the Raiders. That, Other Raiders fans mm. or whatever. Sure. You know? Yeah, that's very possible. Right. Um, very true. Just personal feeling. All right. Because the views here are not representing. That's right. Yes, exactly. Just like the disclaimer says, we're not going to read that again here on the <laughs> here on the time. We read it once. That's it. That's the disclosure. Um, so, uh, any quick thoughts on, on last weekend's NFC games? Uh, I think uh, you and I both went one and one in our games uh, uh, for uh, the, the NFC games. Overall, I guess I'm six and two, and you're three and five. Uh, uh, through the uh, the first two weekends, but uh, but I mean, you took the Saints and you took the uh, Cowboys, and I had it flipped around the other way. So so we were both right on one. I I got the Rams and you got the Saints. Yeah, I was I was surprised at the way the Cowboys went down though. I thought they'd put a better fight. Yeah, but you know what's interesting too, Howie? This is the uh, now the sixth straight year. The sixth straight, yeah, the sixth straight year that all of the home teams on divisional playoff weekend won, leaving you with the one and two seeds 
for uh, conference championship weekend. And you got to go back to 2000. In fact, you're just looking at the conference championship games. You got to go back to 2012, the last time any road teams won at all on conference championship weekend. And that was the year Baltimore and San Francisco both won on the road, Baltimore winning here. But since then, the home teams have won every, they're a perfect 10 for 10. Uh, you know, playing in those games. but I'll have to remember that stat when we make picks next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. But, uh, no, as far as the NFC games, yeah, I guess I was a little, uh, you know, uh, well, I mean. I, just thought, I thought they'd give up a bet. I thought they, they would play better. I, I just expected more out of them. And the Rams, ran, boy, what they run for, like 270 yards? Oh, yeah. Talk about a throwback again. They say nobody runs the ball anymore. And you know, here you have the Patriots uh, with a big running game and then the the Rams, uh, you know, Todd Gurley's their big running back that everyone talks about. He didn't even lead them in rushing. It was C.J. Anderson who they picked up in the middle of the yeah, season. Thirty-five-year-old off the scrap heap. Yeah, they were uh, when Gurley went uh, was hurt earlier this year. They picked him up as insurance, and the two of them both ran for over a hundred yards. Uh, yeah, they they looked really good. I mean, I think it helped that they had to, you know, they got to play at home. It, I think it was raining out there. Maybe the Cowboys, you know, obviously they don't play in the rain a whole lot. Certainly not in Dallas, but now, yeah, Gur- and Gurley played at Georgia with. Michelle, didn't he? No. I th- uh, yeah, I don't was remember. Chubb. I know Chubb did, right? Yeah, maybe. Is it possible they all played there? I mean, I George's the, had a running back factory did, yeah. there. It could have been they all played. I don't know how, uh, how they crossed over or if, how often they were yeah, competing they, yeah. for carries. But, uh, yeah. And then, uh, well, you know, the Saints, boy, you know, the Eagles, uh, boy, that's uh, – uh, Eagles went up fourteen nothing in that game. I know as I uh, we were watching that game and uh, we got the early score and I was uh, actually you know leaving your place after uh, you know watching the Pats and uh, I I thought boy fourteen nothing in a playoff game. The Eagles were looking good, but that was the end of their day. And uh, you know give the Saints a lot of credit. I mean uh, at home, but they came back and uh, you know they've got a they've got a balanced attack. Drew Brees isn't having one of his best seasons, but he's having a good enough year and. Uh, you know, for them, it's like for him, or at least for him, getting the ball to Mike Thomas has uh, been one of their big weapons. Uh, you know, and Cooks has worked out well for them too. Uh, Cooks, oh, he's with the Rams now. Cooks, Brandon yeah, Cooks, he's worked out well for the Rams. Oh yes, okay, yes, he says he has worked out well for the Rams, right? Yes, okay, but uh, yeah, so uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you know here you got the again top four seeds uh, playing here, you know, conference championship weekend. Uh, you got any thoughts on before we get it before we dive into this? You want to talk briefly about the NFC? You got any thoughts about this one? No, no I don't like them. No. I only, I'm an AFC guy. I'm an <laughs> AFL guy. Yeah, know. but it's the early game Sunday, so you're going to get a chance to watch it before. Yeah. Uh, before the All right. Patriots. Who do, who do I like in that game? I'm going to say I'm going to say the Saints, and only because they have the experience of Breeze. Um, the Rams have the inexperience of Goff. Um, they did play each other earlier this year, I believe. The I think the Rams won that. Yeah, but game. this is this is for the yeah no this it's, is it's for more the honor to go. Yeah. All right, and yeah. the, the Superdome is going to be so loud. Yeah, another know, home another home field yeah, advantage. You know, there. again, you know the uh, false starts, the uh, dumb penalties. Um, yeah, I'll say New I'm going to I I want to see the two old goats play it play in the <laughs> Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm kind of. I was kind of leaning towards the Saints myself. Uh, I do think, especially if they can get up early in that game, get the crowd. In, I mean, it, it'll what's make it that much harder. What's the for, stat in conference finals as far as home team, road team? Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Uh, it, the last five years, the home team has won all. It's ten for ten. You know, again, the last time any road teams won on on conference championship weekend was 2012. So the last five seasons, 2013, 14, 15, 16, and last year, all the home teams won. 
Yeah. So that's, you know, again, that's uh, hard to go against. And uh, the Saints certainly have had a great winning percentage at home uh, for many years. Uh, to me, the Saints are – their both teams are very well balanced. And I'll say this if uh, with the coaches. I mean, we, the battle of the Shans, Sean McVay for the Rams, Sean Payton for the Again, for the, the young uh, and the old. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But uh, two of the better coaches in the game, certainly. And, uh, yeah, I don't – I mean, that should be a tight game to the end, just kind of like uh, it was for the Saints last week. But, uh, yeah, I mean, certainly you, you kind of like the home team in the in that spot but that could be one of those who have has the ball last to win the game could very well you know, be run it right down the end score that last second field goal touchdown whatever well and that might very well be now as we try to start breaking down uh, the afc championship game patriots and chiefs only the eighth road playoff game in the brady belichick era they played 23 games at foxborough and gillette stadium well, really, uh, they played 22 games at Gillette and one game at Foxborough at the old stadium uh, in this era. But uh, Brady's numbers, home and away uh, in the postseason, 20-3, and three, 46 touchdowns, 18 interceptions, and 64% uh, completion percentage, which actually equals his career completion percentage numbers. So at home, he's just... Phenomenal. On the road, again, smaller sample size, understandably, three and four, eight touchdowns, eight interceptions, only completing 57% of his passes. Also of note, this is going to be the first time in a dozen years that the Patriots are going to be going on the road in the playoffs and the destination's not Denver. That's the only place they have played away from Gillette, not counting Super Bowls, of course. That's why I hate Denver so much. <laughs> Come on, it seems like we're always, every year it seems like we play Denver every year, yeah. twice a year. Right. You know? It's well. It went back to the AFL days, right? You know when they used to play them twice a year, and and oddly enough, this is another team, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, that the Patriots used to play twice a year, right? But unlike with Denver, where in the NFL the Patriots and Broncos, it did feel like the Patriots had to go to Mile High almost every year, or at least, or either that or the Broncos might be coming here. But it still felt like that was like, even though they didn't play in the same division, it felt like they always played each other every year. Can't say the same for the Chiefs, but oddly enough, we talk about places that have been a house of horrors for this Patriot franchise on the road. Obviously, Mile High and Denver, Orange Bowl slash whatever the new stadiums are called in Miami. Mm -hmm. We know about those. Kansas City falls into the same category. The only difference is they just haven't played as many games there. But uh, the Patriots all-time in Kansas City, and of course, keeping in mind here, you have to sort of break this uh, Patriots-Chiefs uh, uh, all-time series to the games after they moved from Dallas because the original Chiefs were the Dallas Texans. So since uh, the Chiefs moved to Kansas City, the Patriots uh, have played 12 games in Kansas City. They are 2-9-1. and one. And in fact, only one of those two Patriots wins has been in the last 50 years. That was in 2004, uh, Patriots uh, Brady and Belichick uh, uh, beating they, the, the They Chiefs. lost the game that uh, Paul had nailed Brady's knee. That is uh, no. The Patriots won that game, but that was in Fox. That's what I mean. They, yeah. yeah, Kansas City lost that game. Kansas City lost that game. Correct. But in Kansas City, the Chiefs are nine two and one against the Patriots, and that includes five and one at Arrowhead Stadium. The Patriots have only played six times at Arrowhead Stadium, a stadium that was built in nineteen seventy two. Wow. They've only played there six times. Compared to like a million games at Denver, <laughs> and oddly enough, both the, the the Chiefs and Broncos play for, well. They play on the same AFC West division, and yet the Patriots always seem to go to Denver, but they never go to Kansas City. <laughs> Six games at Arrowhead in another place we haven't been to a, a lot is Oakland. Uh, no, yeah, no. Recently, Back, we used to in the seventies and and even through know. the eighties. Yep, uh, but Oakland I love some, some of these. You know, you, you got uh, Boston University, Fenway Park. I mean, <laughs> just the different venues that they've played in 
It's like, the, who was the guy, uh, the fan of the year this year? You see him? He's only missed one game in 50 years. Oh, uh, the Patriots fan of the year? Yeah, you mean, I was or? thinking how many of these stadiums he must have been in. Oh, yeah, right. Well, uh, BC. Well, 50 years only goes back to like about, it goes to 68, 69. So, yeah, he might have caught in a few of those, yeah. uh, those homes. 69 before, was uh, BC. Before they built Schaefer Stadium, right? Yeah. But anyway, uh, so the two all time Patriot wins in Kansas City, uh, November 22nd, 2004. That was a Monday night football game. Uh, Belichick and Brady. Dick Vermeil was the Chiefs coach that year. Uh, really? Trent Green oh, was. Oh, yeah, the- that's right, because he did come back. And broad, now broadcaster, but Trent Green yeah. was their quarterback. He went yep. 27 for 42, passed for 381 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Patriots won the game, though, 27-19. Uh, Corey Dillon, this was the 4 season. Dillon, 26 I'm carries. Sorry, I don't have these notes. That's what okay. Well, I'm, that's why I'm telling them to you. That's what I'm telling I you. I can't respond. I don't see anything. Well, you can still respond to what I'm saying. <laughs> Dylan, Dylan had 98 yards rushing, two touchdowns, and Brady threw for 315 yards and had 119 quarterback uh, rating thanks to uh, Dion Branch, who uh, had 105 uh, yards in receiving and a touchdown on six catches. So that was that was the one win at Arrowhead, the only other win they ever had in Kansas City, December 6th of 1964, which is actually listed there. The Boston Patriots beat the uh, Kansas City Chiefs at the old Municipal Stadium, which isn't around anymore. <laughs> Babe Perilli, 20 for 41, 300 yards, three touchdowns and a Who's pick. Who's running, Jim Nance? Uh, well, Gino Capaletti had two catches for 82 yards and a touchdown, and he also kicked a 12-yard field goal. <laughs> yes, that's what it said in the box score, and it looks weird to read it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that's back then. Uh, so, yeah, those are the only two times the Patriots have ever won in Kansas City. They also had a tie there in uh, 1966. But, yeah, again, in the last 50 years, one win, uh, you know, in Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, but And, so, of course, the last time the Patriots went to Arrowhead, we thought it was the end of the dynasty, or so we were told by everybody. That was that Monday night game. They lost 41-14. to 14. Uh, They went to 2-2. Two and two. This was in the 2014 season. Remember, that was the on to Cincinnati and on, on to a Super Bowl that year, as it turned out. Uh, just on, on just remember that end of a dynasty. That, 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 How many times is it? They've said that so many times. It kind of reminds me of right now, I guess, the Who's going to play at Fenway Park. I think back in the 80s, I saw their final tour. Yeah. So it's the final, final, final. So this is the destiny is going to end, end, end. If you say it enough times, eventually you're going to be right. But, you know, after... This long, yeah, you know. When I saw the Stones play in the '90s, I think they that was yeah, that was the end for them too, right? right? That that was like four tours ago, (laughs) (laughs) probably about twelve tours. Maybe I don't know, but but yeah. So uh, that's amazing that they they uh, just have trouble with them. Kansas City's they've always had a good team, good franchise for most of them. And as we know, as you said, it's one of the loudest stadiums in the league. I mean, they've set and it's outdoors. Right. Imagine if that crowd was in a dome. Wow. did fracture your eardrums. But it is also an old school stadium. I think they built it in a way that the sound kind of stays in. So it kind of like curves up. To, Maybe. So I, I think so. Uh, you know, again, it was built in 1972. Uh, you know, there aren't, I probably aren't too many other stadiums that are much uh, older than that that are still uh, uh, being used these days. So, yeah, it's. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is a it's a tough place for him to play, and uh, yeah, I just again this is all all because they they couldn't win a road game the, the last couple chances they had, including the one that they just like they were the, leading for the last seven seconds in Miami. The, some of the road games they lost, they had no right to lose. Yeah. Any one of them would have us playing at home. This week. Well, when you say they had no right to lose, the one thing I will combat with that with is that they never played a complete. 60 minutes in any of their road games this year. Even the road games they won, they didn't really play great for a full 60. 
I yeah. mean, their three road wins were well, Buffalo, I mean. the so Jets, they, was, and If they played the, the way Bears. they should have, they had no right losing any one of those. Well, true, but the, again, this has been the problem with, with this year's Patriots team and why we didn't necessarily think they'd still they'd be playing and who's showing this up? late in January. Right. This who, team or that team? Well, when they play at Gillette, I mean, we know a, a very good team can show up, but so far this year we have not seen a very good team show up at all for any road game. And that's why they went 3-5 and five on the road this year, and you know, this is why the Chiefs are, are playing host to this game. And, you know, this is a Chiefs team. The last two times they played the Patriots at Gillette, they've uh, they scored 40 points against them both times. If you think um, of it, too, the team they had to beat to win that was San Diego, which also had 12 wins, yeah. which is incredible, you know. And they had to beat that to be number one. Now, right. what was that, a head-to-head thing? Why did why did what? San Diego not have the home field? Because they had the same record. Was it a conference or head-to-head? Uh, it was, uh, yeah, I think it went to conference. Uh, yeah, because they, they split their two games head-to-head. Mm-hmm. So I think it must have been uh, must have been a conference tiebreaker. Uh, that it went to, but yeah, the Chiefs, uh, Chiefs had that. So um, it's going to be a scary yeah. game. It is. Yeah, well, because it, of because it's there. It's because it's there. Uh, because you know the Chiefs have looked explosive on offense. Pat Mahomes for a, a kid who, as I said, is younger than than the timeout for Sports Talk Television Show. But uh, boy, he's uh, showing an awful lot of poise. His first playoff game, uh, you know, passed for two hundred and eighty yards, and uh, you know. Looked looked awfully sharp. He's looked sharp. This is his first full year as a starter, kind of like Brady. He, first year he sat on the bench, and this year he's gotten a chance to play. And, uh, you know, he's just... And play he has. Yeah, his athletic ability is just freakish. I mean, the, the the throws he's made. I mean, I know his dad was a former major league pitcher, and he must have... He taught his son everything. <laughs> uh, you know, actually, by the way, uh, Patrick Mahomes Sr. Uh, played for uh, parts of two seasons with the Red Sox back yeah. in the 90s. Kind of uh, had to... Forgot that until I looked it up on uh, Baseball Reference. But uh, they were very forgettable seasons. He was... Uh, um, he just made like 20 relief appearances over two seasons. Yeah, see, so. everyone, everyone keeps thinking that he is – all he does is run, run, run. But he doesn't. He's got a beautiful pass, beautiful mm. tight spiral. I mean, he's a great pass. Think of it. Only three quarterbacks, and he's one of them, have thrown for 50 or more touchdowns. Brady, season, yeah. Manning, and him in his second year – First year as a star. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say it took it took several years for Brady and Manning to sure. to have a fifty yard t- or a fifty touchdown season. Well, Brady uh, didn't get it till Moss came, right? Was right. That the year. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Two thousand seven. So that was his uh, seventh full seventh season as a starter. Yeah. It's uh, and Manning. It was about the same point in his career too when he finally uh, uh, got that many. Yeah, but some yeah, of the for, sidearm throws this kid when he, he's going one way and he throws us. It was beautiful. Yeah. You know, you don't see that. No, it, it, the no-look ones where he's, like, looking one way and he throws it across his body and his receivers. Uh, certainly he's got some very skilled uh, receivers uh, to, to catch the ball. I mean, you know, even uh, the Patriots put together, the, the Patriots have had this great game plan. Uh, you know, Belichick, his record when he's uh, facing a, a uh, young quarterback, especially in the playoffs, I guess all-time a quarterback who has not made more than, like, one playoff start in his career uh, Belichick has an eight eight and zero record uh, coaching against them, so Mahomes would fit into that category here, having made just the one playoff start last week. But uh, again, he doesn't seem he to me. He's got more poise than like most twenty three year olds. Uh, you know, when you talk about uh, Andy Reid and maybe some of his coaching deficiencies, especially in tight games, I mean, you know, maybe Mahomes helps him to counteract that. Time management. Andy Reid, time management. Remember those four words during the game. Andy Reid, time management. And because if it's a close game at the end, I could see where that's going to be a big uh, – that could be really coming into play. That's funny. Now, 
I think if I got this right, Mahomes played at Texas Tech, right? Right. And his coach was a former Patriot draft choice, right? Kingsbury, who yeah. just got the uh, job in Arizona, right? Exactly. Uh, Cliff you Kingsbury. Know? So he kind of got groomed from there. Yeah. You know. But. You know, and you know, you go back to the game. These two teams, of course, played in week six at Gillette Stadium. That was a Sunday night game. And uh, in the first half, the Patriots really uh, gave Mahomes, defensively gave Mahomes a lot of different looks that he hadn't seen at all. Uh, in fact, even now, uh, Mahomes is saying it's still one of the better uh, you know, defenses he he faced all year because it, it kept him confused. But to his credit, he was able to make some adjustments in that game in the second half. They came back, actually took the lead at one point, and the Patriots, you know, were only able to kind of uh, pull that game out because they had the ball last, and Gostowski kicked it uh, through the uprights as time expired. Gostowski, uh, my man! Yeah, well, he's going to, you know, may come down to a kick from him again, I, I know. So, uh, I'll be uh, rooting. In, the, in that spot, but boy, you know. So Mahomes was able to make those adjustments. I, I wonder, you know, you, you wonder defensively, what can the Patriots do against Mahomes? And if they keep doing a lot of the things they did in the first half of that first meeting, except obviously they can't do it the exact same way because now Mahomes would be expecting it. So they're going to have to, but I mean, they're going to have to disguise coverages, um, you know, play a lot of a man. They've been uh, doing that a lot this year, the disguise and the coverage. Having two guys run up, go back, another guy go back, run over, you know, just so you don't know what they're getting in. They've been do, they've done a yeah. lot of that this year. Well, especially you saw it in the in the Chargers win too, how, you know, Rivers just looked so confused. And now the one thing I would say is if the Patriots can find the way to keep Mahomes in the pocket, the way they kept Rivers in the pocket, now Rivers wanted to be there. Mahomes tends to like to roll outside, but I think the Patriots would be at a, a better advantage defense if they can keep Mahomes in the pocket. Yeah. They limit him because I think, you know, like you say, when Mahomes goes out on the run, he can make these kind of wild off-balance throws from any angle, and that's when he's really dangerous. Yeah, almost keep him in like a semicircle so that, you know, they have the perimeter of the, the line of scrimmage but not, you know, let him out, but just keep him like corralled. And because, yeah, if he, if he has to go left or right, he goes throw, he can throw great on the run. So if he get if he has, he throws on the run, we're in trouble. So we want to keep him camped right in the middle there. Yeah, yeah. Again, you know that that stat with uh, with Belichick, as I mentioned, eight and zero Belichick against quarterbacks that have one or few uh, playoff starts since 01, uh with a quarterback rating of seventy three point three, nine touchdowns, ten interceptions. So that's uh, you know. Don't you have any cold stats? That, like that, that record th- uh, under thirty degrees. Well, or, okay, or, no, or what what they are under, you know. Well, uh, for the Chiefs, they didn't have very many of those. Ah. Uh, but uh, uh, Brady's all-time record in the cold temps is twenty-four and four, and I think that includes. Uh, let's see if I have it here somewhere. Was it? Um, I know it was our Tennessee game. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, twenty-four and four in in games with a kickoff lower than thirty degrees, and that includes twelve and one in the playoffs. Wow. Um, I guess the cold doesn't bother him. No, it doesn't. But then again, uh, you know, and uh, you know, obviously Mahomes really hasn't had much experience at all. They said the coldest game he started this year was against uh, the Ravens on December 9th. Temperature in Arrowhead was 27 degrees, and then uh, the coldest college game at Texas Tech he ever uh, started uh, was a 38 degree game in uh, 2016 against Iowa State. Cut out. But it had to be in Iowa. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, well, <laughs> sure. Obviously, I mean, unless it was well, it says November. I don't know. Does it? I don't even in uh, for Texas in November. I don't think it gets that cold. Yeah, it's uh, funny. We I think Texas gets a little colder than we tend to think. Yeah, you know, especially but, northern Texas. But it would, November would feel like it's a little early for it to get that cold there. No, I, I agree. I'm sure it does hit 38 at some point, but uh, November it still feels like it'd be pretty warm. 
at that point. But yeah, so I mean, this is you know again they're talking what a kickoff uh, temperatures in the single digits or maybe or like right around ten degrees maybe. Yeah. Um, and so when you talk about that, I mean. You know, let's think about, you know, you brought up the Tennessee playoff game that we attended back in 03, uh, divisional playoff game. Uh, one of the things from that game that I remember, obviously, other than the fact it was really cold. Um, <laughs> but I'll say this, and I've said it a few times before. I think, you know, zero degrees with with very little wind is a lot is not as cold as like 20 degrees with a fierce wind. Yeah, we, to me, we, the wind, we, were, we were cold. We I mean, weren't. No, because we were wearing layers. There was very little wind in that game. And I remember yeah. it was like four degrees, but it wasn't. And I guess the wind chill was just below zero. There was a little bit of a breeze. Maybe it was up higher. We were kind of down yeah. low. And, uh, yeah, I didn't really feel it. I mean, yeah. again, you wore your layers. You're fine. And I know we had some. I, I, had, I had a worse time going home because when we got back in the cars, we were driving home, and you got the heat on. Right. Yeah. And now it's like I'm dying. I'm trying to pull off layers and layers, you know, because yeah. now it's like way too hot. Sure, you know? but that was a you know that game. The final score of that game against the Titans was seventeen fourteen, which is probably what you might expect to, to have uh, in this game on on Sunday, which I think's going <laughs> to benefit the Patriots, given you've got a Kansas City team that's been averaging about thirty points a game this year. They had the top offense; they scored more points uh, than They've anybody. They've been giving up a lot of points. Five, too, though. they did. They, they did. Uh, yeah, uh, total points. Uh, Chiefs led the NFL five hundred and sixty-five points. Patriots were fourth at uh, four thirty-six. Uh, Chiefs uh, 24th in points allowed, uh, averaging about 26 uh, given up. But again, you know, they're not 30, you know, their average score this year was 35 26. I highly doubt that's going to be the score on Sunday. Uh, I know the over-under for the game is like a 55 still. I would say take the under because yeah. history says, uh, you know, when temperatures like this. I'd be shocked if it was a high-scoring game. But then again, I was shocked last week the way the Patriots just rolled. Yeah. You know, so. Well, well, here's another, here's another stat. It says, in the last 23 regular season and playoff games played in extreme cold, the definition of extreme is 10 degrees or lower at kickoff. The under, which is probably going to be on Sunday, says the under has gone 16-6-1, according to Pro Football Reference. And uh, 11 of the last 14 super cold games, as they define them, have gone under. This is going to officially so be a super, full, super cold. So super cold is what? Below zero? B- below 10. 10 okay. or below. Okay. So super. that's what super cold is. So, again, so basically what they're— extreme cold? Uh, I don't know. That's, <laughs> it's just, it, well, they're, you're calling it super and extreme. I think it's the same thing. But anyway, yeah, I, I just don't see a lot. I think points are going to be at a premium uh, in this game uh, for sure. You know, I just— you know, and, and it's going to be a case of, you know, who doesn't make the mistakes. I mean, the Patriots have all the playoff experience yeah. on their side. They go in as an underdog, and whether they use that as some kind of extra motivation at this point of the year, I can't imagine that makes a big difference. But, again, but we just it, have not seen The crowd seen... noise is going to be big in that. That's that's where the penalties and the mistakes can come in, you know, because they the, the snap count, you know, it just rattles them a little bit. They can't get the right call in. They can't hear in the helmets. Yeah. Um, they're going to use excessive timeouts. So the crowd noise is going to be a big deal as far as that goes. Sure. And, you know, if the Chiefs get up 14 nothing like they did on the Colts last week, I, you know, I don't expect that the Patriots would totally, you know, just, you know, give up. They're maybe yeah. the way the Colts kind of did. But I also just think it's going to be very difficult for the Patriots to come back. I think, for one thing, it takes them out of the running game that they probably want to yeah. uh, <laughs> utilize that now all of a sudden has become a weapon, which, hey, you have a 41-year-old quarterback. You can't expect Tom Brady to do everything. And if you've got Michelle and he's running well. I know well, Giselle and, said that. He can't yeah. throw the ball and he can't catch the ball. That's right. <laughs> that is right. You know? Um, but yeah, that's just, uh, yeah, you don't want them to get, to not be able to use all their weapons that way. Like I said, you know, running and passing, cause they've been working very well the last several weeks, you know, to make the offense run. 
But I, like, we were talking earlier. It's this game's a test of will, you yeah. know, because everything hurts when you get hit in weather like that. Everything you you whack the tip of your fingers off a helmet, or you take a knee or a slap on the arm, everything triples, quadruples as far mm. as pain. So it's who's gonna be able to withstand that more than the other one. Not to mention all, all everybody on both sides is so beat up as, at this stage of the season as you yeah. would expect them to be. So you do that, and then you add it into the fact that, like you say, even a even a love tap is going to hurt. It's oh gonna, yeah, it's going to be painful. You imagine someone coming up and slapping you on your bare arm and weather like that. That hurt. It's going to be tough. Yeah. It's going to be tough. That the weather is going to determine because it's going to say who who wants this game. Well, by the way, again, back to Michelle here. Uh, this was a stat brought up by uh, Dan Roach of WBZ, who I'll give an early plug for. We're going to sure. have Dan Roach on a future timeout TV show. Don't know exactly when yet, but it will be soon. We can promise you it will we be soon. We are working on it. We are working on it. Well, part of it is we have to see what Ted's schedule is yeah. going to be because he may be making a trip to Atlanta next, in the next couple of weeks uh, with the uh, BZ Sports Department. But anyway, he put up a stat uh, during the game Sunday. Patriots, during the regular season, uh, when this is since 2000, Patriots during the regular season when they have a running back go over 100 yards rushing, 51 and one this year, and that included four and zero this season uh, with Michelle. I think he was the only guy who did it for them. Uh, and in the postseason now they are 10 and zero since 2000. So, so that tells you right there we got to. If Michelle, yeah, all we need is Michelle to run for 100 yards, and and we look golden there, huh? There you go. That's all it's gonna take. So open up the line, guys. Yeah, make the holes. Go. Well, and you're going right back to the line that you had mentioned. Uh, you know, boy, uh, you know, Shaq Mason and, and Andrews and uh, uh, Tooney at uh, left guard. I mean, those guys. I mean, and then of course the tackles too. Yeah. Uh, I, big Trent Brown and uh, and even Cannon. Big, big big Trent Brown. Humongous, 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 humongous Trent Brown. <laughs> humongous Trent. You know, if I stood on your shoulders, I don't know if mm. I could see over his head. But yeah, uh, and again, all the props to Gronk. I've, I've never seen him block that way, but I don't think he's ever had to block that way because of it's like anything. You get things aren't working anymore. You got to learn a new way to play the game, and. His block, his blocking set everything. Yeah. When I saw him take one guy out and another guy out in the same run, that's all I needed to see. Yeah, he he, he wants did, he, to win. He wants to play. Oh yeah, he does. And you know, I, I think we forget sometimes what a good all-around tight end he is. He can block. Uh, unlike Travis Kelsey, who's really more of a pass-catching yeah. tight end. Yeah, he was more like a Hernandez. I can run. I can be a speed yeah. down. I'm almost a wide receiver speed. I'm a tight end that catches the ball, but I don't, I don't block. And he's dangerous. That's someone the Patriots are going to have to keep. Although they've had some pretty good success against Kelsey uh, in in recent head-to-head meetings. But the thing going back to Gronk, what makes him just so good is that he is a good all-around tight end. And even here, where you could tell the pass catching, I mean, you know, you could see how the crowd reacted, how we even reacted when he caught that pass in the third quarter. I think you know everyone knew that that might be well uh, the last time he might ever catch a pass at Gillette Stadium. I mean, certainly was, if he right? decides to retire. Well, if he does retire. At the yeah. end of the year, that would be his last uh, his last catch. And it was kind of a standard Gronk play. Kind of reached up, grabbed it, and then broke a tackle and ran another ten yards. It was like a twenty five yard uh, you know catch and run play for him. But uh, but he's always been a good blocker. I just think we forget about the blocking skills because all the time he was catching all these passes too, and that's the glamour. And he's scoring all those touchdowns, and that's yeah. what we remember. And they, and they never focused on it. You know, they, they, you know, lately yeah. they have been because of what they're doing offensively. So it stands out more because they show it. Yeah. Whereas before they weren't really dependent on it. So they really didn't glamorize the run. Of course, I, we shouldn't forget another part of that offensive line, too, in a way. Uh, James Devlin. 
uh, Devlin, uh, along with Gronk, uh, uh, coming out of their positions to uh, to really help us bring Michelle on a, on a lot of good blocks. And uh, yeah, so. he made some great cuts too. I mean, he yeah. do that start stop thing, which started look and then it take off the other way. Yeah, no, they, I was looking at that. I was looking at some uh, video on a couple of websites where they were sort of breaking down some of Michelle's runs and how they were even set up by the blocks that Gronk and Devlin uh, you know, made for him. But then Michelle might deviate off the original path where he was supposed to go, and he found, like, a bigger hole in another spot, and he took that instead and was able to get more yards out of it. I don't remember what players were, but I remember one time he, he ran up on the left side, and he had Devlin, Gronk, and Brown all in front of him. It's like, just follow it as long as you can, you know? Exactly. Big, three big horses there. All right. So how do we think this is going to go? What do you, uh, what's, your, what's your thoughts here? I got to go with age, age and experience. Mm. I got to go with the Pats. I mean, they got the age, like I said, the age, the experience. It's going to be completely weather that is just unnatural for anybody, but at least we've played in it more. We have, um, we have. You know, they got the they got a rookie, and again, four words: Andy Reid clock management. That's all I'm going to say about that. It's all legit. It's all very legit. But I don't know. I just this Patriots team this year. Until I see them put together a complete game on the road, it's awful hard to. You think Hyde's going to show up, not Jekyll? Yeah, I don't know. I, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Chiefs have been looking. I mean, you know, they about 20 years ago, they named that AFC Conference uh, Championship trophy that they give out, the Lamar Hunt Trophy. But the Chiefs have never won it. Lamar Hunt, of course, longtime owner of the Chiefs. In fact, he orchestrated their move from Dallas to Kansas City. And uh, so they owe, I mean, you know, that the, the Chiefs franchise owes so much to Lamar Hunt. This is the first time they're ever getting to host. They've been in the Super Bowl twice. The Super Bowl's one and four, but both times they won the conference championship game on the road. So this is the first time they've ever gotten to host a conference championship game, and I know it would mean a lot for that franchise to be able to to win on at Arrowhead and hoist that Lamar Hunt trophy for their uh, the late Lamar Hunt. But there's another reason too that I, I think that the and it has nothing to do with football. Sadly, it has everything to do. Oh, you want a jersey color? Or no, no. Well, kind of close on the color right. part. The Superwolf Blood Moon. You don't know about this? There is a huge lunar eclipse taking place Sunday night. Uh, in fact, the uh, the eclipse will reach totality about a half hour or so, I guess about 1041 local time in Kansas City. It would be 1141 here. Of course, I believe we're going to be getting a storm. So with the clouds overhead in, in our area, we're not going to see this eclipse at all, sad to say. But in Kansas City, it's going to be clear skies because it's going to be bone-chilling temperatures out there. It's going to be a giant red – the, the moon will be big because I guess this is one of the closest times it comes to Earth, and it will also be full, and because of the eclipse, it will turn a shade of red. Do you remember back in October – Don't tell me it's going to have an arrowhead on it, says KC. No, but do you remember back in 2004 on October 27th, the night that the Red Sox won their first World Series in 86 years – same thing happened that night. There was a total eclipse of the moon, and there was the moon had a reddish hue that night for the Red Sox and the Chiefs, who just happened to wear red as their primary color. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! Let's go back. We originally wore red, right? And that True, moon but we that don't night anymore. that came out was because Boston won or New England won. So why can't we say it's because? Well, it came out for the for Red us. Sox, though. The Red Sox. It was for the but, Red but Sox. But it came out for the Boston Red Sox. It right. came out for. 
our home team. I know. So it's going to come up for our home team again because we used to wear red when we were the <laughs> Oh, I see Patriots. what you're saying. Yeah, but here's the and thing. We got the red connection and we got the Boston but connection. But here's the other connection. They're going to be able to see the, the mood in Kansas City and we're not going to be able to see it here in Boston. So That's uh, okay. We'll be seeing something better. What we love to win in snow. It's the Super Wolf Blood Moon. No. Oh! <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe also I'm just trying to give you a chance to get back into the uh, head-to-head uh, competition we're having here this postseason. I'm I'm taking the Chiefs. Uh, it, I think, you know, it's even going against what you said, because I know you said if it's a close game, and I, I kind of agree with you that, you know, Andy Reid, close game. Uh, I, I'm saying like something like 22 to 17 Chiefs, but I, I think they're they're up two scores and the Patriots get a score, you know, late to kind of bring it within one. I'm worried they, that it might come down to like an extra point or a field goal. Uh, that, am I worried about Kostowski, you mean? Uh, well, how about just kicking it all? Remember the the game we went to against Tennessee? That was decided by a Vinatieri field goal, which, remember, I think at the time we were talking as he was lining up to make the kick that night. I, I'm thinking, you know, because it's four degrees, I'm saying, how the hell did Vinatieri kick? I mean, we talk about the, the Oakland game and all the great kicks he made that year. But, you know, that 03 playoff game, to be able to boot, it was like a 45-yarder. That thing was like a rock. Yes, a boulder. I mean, the fact that he was able to, and he cleared the uprights with plenty to spare, if I remember too. Um, does Gostowski have the same kind of reputation and record? No. Um, yeah, but he but, can make he can make his own he can make his reputation. Well, here's here's what I'll say, Howie. I think I probably have more confidence in Gostowski if it comes down to a last second kick than you do. Doesn't sound like it right here with this. No, no. I, I, well, I'm just kind of I was playing devil's advocate, but no, I think generally speaking, if the game was tied. Or whatever. I mean, and Kostowski was lining up for a game-winning kick. I mean, that's how they won the game earlier this year at at, uh, at Gillette Stadium. So, I, I'm certainly confident in him. I mean, I think you know he's been pretty clutch for him. Uh, the kicker uh, Butker, I think, is the guy's name for Kansas City. He's had a good year too. So it's, I mean, it's amazing. You think about it. You know, everyone talks about Belichick, Brady, how long they've been here. You know, but we've only had two kickers. Since what ninety six? Yeah, ninety six was uh, Vinatieri's right? rookie year. Yeah. Think about that. I mean, other than the t- when uh, yeah when injuries and stuff. Hurt. Yeah, uh, Shane Graham, I think it was. Yeah, that's it. That yeah. is his name. Yeah. Yeah, but think about it. Two kickers since nineteen ninety six. Yeah, I mean, that's a, incredible. A lot of teams usually average two kickers a season. And our other, <laughs> and our former kicker is still kicking. Yes, he is, and he did not look very good in that uh, kicking for the Colts last weekend in Kansas City. There's a Super Bowl that didn't look too good in either, but I digress. We won't talk about that. Well, as they mentioned, the the (laughs) 23-yard field goal that Vinatieri missed uh, in that playoff game last week was the shortest he's ever missed in his career. Was it just playoffs, or was it just shortest ever? Uh, I mean, it was pretty I don't uh, know. And then he he doinked an extra pointer. He, like, went just wide with one. Yeah, but nothing was as bad as the guy in Chicago. The double I doink. I know. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not, uh, for sure. But uh, yeah, no. This is uh, no. This is. Uh, it's going to be a hell of a game Sunday yeah. again. I just think uh, in the end, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I just think home field advantage. Uh, you know, the Chiefs are going to. I think there's going to be just enough there. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I mean, I think it, it's, it's going to be a close game. I think whoever makes the fewer mistakes, and I, I hope somehow that the Patriots can come up with an A-plus effort on the road, but we haven't seen it this year. I was actually trying to think back to last year, the last I time I saw him play a complete game on the road. This game's all going to come down to the selections you make before the game at the craft store because <laughs> you, you hit it out of the park the you hit okay. it out of the all park right. last sunday all so right. it's your job to do that are again. you saying you're looking for a, a trip to the whirlpool again or possibly uh, yeah <laughs> yeah we can do the whirlpool we can do the goat you know ah yes the goat yes of course uh 
the 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 goat brew of some sort. Well, anyway, yes, we'll uh, we'll uh, certainly uh, yeah, I'll do my best on that front. Uh, for uh, sure. you'll do fine. So we've got a, we got a storm coming though. I don't know. I hope it's not going to be that. I mean, how much are we supposed to be getting Sunday from this uh, storm? It's the same storm that's going to hit Kansas City on like Friday. Yeah, no, they, they they're trying so hard to find a storm. They're looking all over the world. The newscasters <laughs> to find a storm, and then they get this little opening that, ooh, we might get a little oh, like Sunday, right? Here we are Sunday, right? Sunday, not a work day for most people, too. But, but we're, you know, I'm watching the news trying to figure out what's going to happen Sunday and Monday. Right. They've already fast-forwarded to next weekend because right. there might be a storm. Oh. Yeah. These meteorologists have been, like, like they're, they're playing cards. They're bored to death this summer. Yeah, song, they're know. chasing them now. So you know, I, no, and these I local have, channels have, like, six or seven meteorologists on staff now. They have nothing to do. They're, like, twiddling their thumbs. They're waiting for a big storm so they can go wall-to-wall coverage. You, you hear the coverage right now. We don't know what's going to happen this weekend around here. Yeah. Get all the bread and milk, go to the stores, you know, don't worry about it. We will survive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, anyway, uh, we just want to remind you as we wrap up here, uh, don't forget to follow us on social media by searching Time Out for Sports Talk on Facebook. And our Twitter handle is at TOSTBMC, uh, where you can get links to the latest TOST podcasts, including this show. And then, of course, also we will keep you updated as to exactly when – we're going to have our big 25th anniversary edition of Time Out for Sports Talk, with or without Dan Roach. We may we may make it into a two-part episode. We may extend our, our anniversary show over a couple of episodes. Yeah, hey, this is this is 25. That's a big number. Yes, it is. Uh, the, the, the silver special, I guess, right? Uh, but, uh, yeah, 25 years ago this month also, Robert Kraft bought the New England Patriots and... We the are, rest is history. Yeah, it is history, <laughs> and we are all very grateful for that, especially on uh, weekends like this coming up uh, with the Patriots. Uh, again, their eighth straight AFC Championship game appearance. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's just that's just unfathomable. Anyway, so until next time, for Howie McClellan, I'm Todd Bloniar saying go Pats! Yo! Thank you for checking out the TOST Toddcast right here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network.